Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Hello and welcome to Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown. Today, we're on a mission to find Asia's best and newest podcast hosts. So we're heading to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia to meet Sarah Ann Yong. Sarah Ann is the host of the ASB podcast, which is the Asian School of Business. Sarah Ann, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Graham. Very happy to be on the show. Well, it's great to have you here, Sarah. We're going to talk about your background. We're going to talk about your podcast as well and how that came into being the story behind and I think there's an important lesson there for everybody listening today is well I think put it out there you're a full-time MBA student right I am I am and when did you graduate Sarah so I graduate in the summer of spring and spring of 2019 around about April's 2019 excellent you'll be on the job market very soon so watch out everybody Well, Sarah, and it's great to have you on the show because let's talk mm-hmm. about the ASB podcast yeah. and how that came into being. Because we live in an era now, especially here in Asia, where people, well, they like to watch other people make the first move, don't they? Oh, absolutely. And to pick yourself, well, that's something else. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is what you've done with the ASB podcast. Why I'm happy for you to be on Asia Tech Podcast now, Sarah, Anne, is you're a great example of picking yourself and... Your podcast, ASB, mm-hmm. didn't exist before you pitched it to your faculty. Yeah. Tell us about it. So firstly, I'd like to say um, it's really interesting to be on the other side of the podcast because like you mentioned, um, I started my the ASB podcast um, a couple of months ago. I would say we officially launched in August. So I've been interviewing many people, but this is interesting for me to be on the other side, being a guest on your show, Grim. So thank you very much for having me. Um, so just a little bit of background. My name is Sarah Ann. I'm a full-time MBA student at the Asia School of Business. It's a school, a premier business school, startup business school in collaboration with Malaysia's Central Bank and MIT Sloan. And it's a 20-month full-time MBA program. I am midway through my program, uh, graduating, like I mentioned, in April 2019. And yeah, the story about how this um, ASV podcast came about, basically, um, my, a lot of my friends know me as someone who is always on and about and about doing something. I always have a project up my sleeve. So I'm already known as, you know, that kind of girl, um, which is something I kind of actually am slightly, I guess, proud of, I, I, I would say. Um, and because I always keep busy, I'm always looking out uh, for new things to do, exciting things to keep me going and always um, on a mission to learn, to grow, both per, uh, personally and professionally. So um I had this idea to start up this podcast for the school, I would say in November or December of 2017. Um, and I threw this idea around with with some really good friends, even my, my family, I was just having this chat with them saying that, you know, I think the school could do with a podcast because it's a extraordinary and unconventional school. We do things differently. We th- do things out of the box. So I thought this would be an interesting way to position the school in this ASEAN region. But I will be honest and say that although I had this idea in November, December 2017, I actually didn't really pursue it. In fact, um, I, I just basically was not very convinced or, or I, you know, I basically I think I didn't really um, speak to people who really push me and, and, and tell me to go for it. So I kind of put it at the back of my mind and I didn't really think too much about it. Although I realized later on that the idea didn't really leave me per se. Um, so I only properly seriously considered it around about May, May 2018. So that's around about when I finished um, first year of the school. And uh, we were supposed to 
go to the U.S. for a U.S. trek. Uh, but long story short, I ended up uh, staying back in Malaysia and I will be uh, doing the U.S. trek next year instead. So because I was in Kuala Lumpur, I um, did a short internship with the ASB uh, marketing team. And it was then when I had more time in my hands and I decided to, you know, really explore this opportunity further. And what I did was I did, I started out by doing research. I conducted a survey with uh, the, my classmates and the senior class. And I basically um, threw out this survey uh, individually to them and I, and I buzzed them and I said, hey, you know, I have this idea of doing a podcast for the school. I want to know your, your, your thoughts on, about it. And if you can just vote as to uh, a series of topics which you think you'd be interested in. I even asked them questions like, who would you like to hear from uh, on the podcast? And so I got all these kind of ideas and it was pretty interesting because three of the highest topics of interest, I'm looking at the SurveyMonkey results now as I speak, uh, the three highest topic of interest that were voted on were entrepreneurship and innovation, thought leadership and personal development. So I had that at the back of my mind when I started and I knew that I wanted um, to also, to a certain extent, leave a legacy with the school. Um, and this idea also came about because since the first class of uh, the uh, Asia School of Business graduated in uh, March of this year, I thought to myself that, hey, you know what? I've met so many incredible seniors who left the school. I thought that if they leave and no one captured their story, their legacy would essentially leave with them. And I thought that would be such a shame. I thought, you know, we need to find a way to capture their story so that even when they leave the school and become alumni, any incoming or new students would still be able to, you know, dial into something. For example, the podcast and still listen to these stories. The stories don't leave with them just because they have graduated from the school. So that was one of the motivations I would say that came from this, from uh, me wanting to launch this podcast. And I also wanted to use it as an opportunity to share ideas, expertise, and knowledge, I would say outside the four walls of a classroom. I've always said this before, and a lot of my classmates have heard me say that some of the best and greatest lessons that I've learned uh, so far during my MBA program happen outside the classroom, you know, uh, and I thought that it would be an excellent way also to showcase some uh, expertise uh, of my classmates. For example, uh, I would say a very special podcast that I did was with a classmate of mine. Her name is Fiona O'Leary Sloan. She's an American uh, and we're really good friends in the program. She is known to be the queen of LinkedIn, yeah, among my classmates. And we've always known her to uh, be the one sharing tips on how we navigate LinkedIn. But I realized that only a few people got to hear her story. And, I, and she was actually the first person I, I caught um, to do this podcast with me because I'm like, you know what, Fiona, people need to hear your story and what is a better way other than to capture it on a podcast so that you don't have to keep repeating your story many times. You know, people need to know how good you are at doing what you do. And um, also because there are a lot of students, the school is made up of, I would say, 70 to 75 percent international students. It's also uh, my motivation of starting a podcast was to give potential students an opportunity to catch a glimpse of essentially the talent pool that's available at the Asia School of Business and also our student life here in KL, in Kuala Lumpur, um, because it's, it's a new region for most of my classmates and, and any incoming students, I would say. Um, yeah, so that was the motivation behind starting and launching the Asia, the ASB podcast. So you have the motivation or you had the motivation, Sarah, but obviously that's not enough to get started because 
there's another factor involved in starting a podcast, mm-hmm. and that is other people and dealing with other people's opinions. Yep. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with those? Because I imagine when you started off saying, hey, I want to do a podcast, you had some kind of pushback, right? <laughs> you know, that people said to you, oh, you know, we don't listen to podcasts. We don't have 10 minutes in a day to listen to a podcast. We consume YouTube. (laughs) We're all about video. You know, us Asian millennials, we don't listen to audio. We're just far Mm -hmm. too busy for this stuff. So how did you deal with those objections, if I can use that word? Because the way you dealt with objections is key to getting a podcast started, right? So um, a few people, and this is what I've heard, the first thing that they've said is, you know what, podcasts are, don't really work nowadays. You know, it, it requires more concentration for people to actually listen to um, podcasts. Why not try doing a vlog instead? You know, why not, uh, like you said, do YouTube videos? But then... Uh, you know, I, I was like, no, you don't, you, you know, like, like to these people that, that, that gave this idea to me, well, they had really great intentions uh, in mind, but I was like, no, you don't understand podcast is an, it's a growing medium and it's, it's, it's meant to be extremely easy and convenient to consume, especially because it gives listeners the gift of multitasking. You know what I mean? And so these were the little, I would say, uh, pushbacks that I received or people were like, how about you do it uh, video style? People want to see the face behind the, behind um, the discussions, which I also get, but it was kind of like a different direction as to what I was doing, what I was planning to do with the podcast. Um, and another pushback I would say that I received was kind of like, uh, do people even listen to podcasts? Like, what is this business of podcasts even? Uh, you know, it, it's too much to ask uh, for someone to plug something into their ears and, and be listening to, to you have a discussion. Um, yeah, so these are the few things which, which kind of, I wouldn't say demotivated me. It's more of like, uh, you know, hmm, made me possibly reconsider i'm like wait a minute so sarah Ann, if you'd listen to those voices how would it be different what would the oh, outcome well. have been i mean if if i really did listen to them to so-called the naysayers i think i would have been in a very very different place right now uh, i wouldn't have had the similar opportunity to reach out to as many people as i have right now and one of the things i realized uh being a podcast host like i can say now is that it's an ex- it's a great conversation starter in fact a lot of people when they come up to me or they reach out to me on linkedin um you know quite a number of them have reached out to say hey i noticed that you're a podcast host and either you know it's something that they want to explore it can resonate with them or i, I find opportunities to speak with them and 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 just you know connect with them uh, on LinkedIn and if I had taken um, their advice which is kind of to not pursue this route I would not have had the similar opportunities like I did well, let, well let's talk about what you got out of it and I think one of the biggest reasons why anybody should podcast is this mm-hmm. is that it's the best business development tool out there. You got to meet a lot of people and had some great conversations where else could you get that absolutely being a podcast host is one of the few things left that carries, well, what can we say, real gravitas, right? I yeah. think it, it carries yeah. real authority. Not like the days. I mean, back in the day, you could be an author. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm an author, right? Mm-hmm. So, but it doesn't really mean as much as it used to. Everybody's an author now. Being a podcast host, it's special. It's something else. It captures people's attention. Let's not forget, there's 500,000 active podcasts out there on iTunes. There's 500,000 YouTube videos uploaded every day. Podcasting is hard. Let's not forget that. That's why it's valuable. So for anybody who gets over that podcast hump, those six to 10 episodes that make or break a podcast, if you get through to the other side, well, you're something. Sarah, how many have you done now? 
So I've launched one episode every week since August, and it's about three three months now, I would say. So that's more than twelve. Uh, there you go. That I've done right now. One ep- and, and, yeah. You've and crossed the hump, Sarah. <laughs> is the hump at ten episodes? Mm, good question. <laughs> it's around about then. You're in the clear, Sarah. Okay. That's what I think. All right. I think of podcasting as a lot like. Well, how could you describe it? Spinning plates. That's what I think is the the nearest possible analogy for what a podcast is. Because, you know, you're either hustling a guest or you're producing or you're editing or you're publishing. When you look on the outside and you just listen to a podcast, it seems a lot easier. It's just like, well, all I need to do is record a conversation, edit that conversation, clean it up, put it on my website and I'm good, right? Yet... There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. So, you know, I'm always curious, those successful podcasters, how have they managed to get their automations and their processes down pat? And even though you may not have started out like that, a good podcast long term has good process, you know, good back office and a plan, even a good schedule that keeps the whole show on the road. What was yours? Yeah. So I would say that um, I started out with, so, sort of like not having any specific um, plan or schedule. Uh, I kind of just took it as it went. But um, basically, one of the things that I, I did, which I found it worked, uh, was before I actually, you know how I mentioned that I went up to my school, um, uh, the dean and the associate dean to speak with them and pitch this uh, ASB podcast proposal. Um, actually, what I didn't mention was when I approached them with the pitch in June of 2018, um, before I approached them, I've actually done that very first podcast, um, like I mentioned to you, uh, with Fiona. So when I pitched it to them, I already had an, a sample so that they could listen to, to know uh, how the podcast might potentially sound like. I mean, it was completely raw. It was um, that, that episode was recorded in my bedroom where I am right now on my trusty iPhone 6 in our pajamas. But at least, and it was completely non-edited. I didn't have the intro music, outro music, but I sent it to them, um, to, to my dean and associate dean in the proposal so that they have an idea of, of, of what it was and what it was going to look like. And from there, once it took off, uh, I once I officially launched it in August, uh, and I decided to do one episode every week. I already had, by then, I already had more than five uh, episodes uh, or interviews that I've conducted in my, so to speak, library. Uh, and so I kind of like make sure that I have more than two or three at any given time in advance. Uh, and what I do is basically, it's a really funny story how I even edited Fiona's first episode. Uh, and it was a, a really uh, incredibly le- a huge learning, a steep learning curve, I would say. So just to share with you, it's a, it's a, I, I, I'm amused now when I, when I speak about it. I had to figure out from scratch uh, how to bootstrap and 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 you know kind of like edit and produce this entire podcast on my own, right? No one helped me except I would say YouTube. Uh, I was just kind of fiddling and and you know my way around with Sony Vegas and Audacity and all those sorts of things. And I would say the first time I ever recorded or or tried to insert my intro music into my first episode, I spent more than you won't believe it five hours figuring out how to do it, you know, from like deciding which music I liked, I was comfortable with, and then kind of trimming it and then inserting it, making a master file out of it. I took more than five hours to do it. And by the time I did it, I was incredibly happy. But the funny thing is, later on, on that very same day, I had a conversation with my older brother, Julian, and I I, I was telling him that I spent five hours doing it. And he was like, 
oh my goodness, Sarah, come let me teach you how to do it. And I'm not even kidding. In 10 minutes, he taught me like the quickest, fastest and the best way to do it. And I was just like, oh my goodness, you know, could you not have told me, <laughs> could you not have taught me how to do this earlier? You know, I spent five hours of my time and you know, if you taught me, I could have done it in 10. But you know, my brother said a really wise thing and he said, you, he was like, you know what, Sarah, if I taught you how to do this straight away and you didn't have to go through the five hours, would you actually have been able to say that you were able to do it and figure it out on your own? You know, and so I really took that as a learning curve. I was like, yeah, even though, you know, in the end, my I ended up ditching whatever that I did for the five hours and I took whatever my brother taught me and I, I worked from there. But the point of it is that I proved to myself that I could figure it out in that five hours and I managed to come up with something that I was relatively proud with. And it just was a kind of like a first step for me to know, hey, I can do this. And so from then on, I just learned the editing skills on my own, uh, you know, using both Audacity and, and Sony Vegas, kind of like, you know, it's a lot of, I would say, trial and error. But because people knew, like closest friends especially, who knew and were listening to it and were giving me feedback, they knew that I was bootstrapping it and, you know, with zero professional equipment, they were telling me that they couldn't even believe it that I recorded all the interviews with my iPhone 6. Well, there you go. You've learned a lot. And I imagine now people are looking at you and saying, how do I do this, Sarah? And teach me. Yes, I do. Um, in fact, people come up to me and they're like, you know, uh, did, did someone teach you? Did you go for a course? You know, uh, did, did you actually have a professional podcaster uh, teach you how to do this? I'm like, no, I, I really did learn how to do everything on my own. I mean, even up till now, I would say I've not, I've not figured it out completely. I'm still learning and I've still got lots to learn. But, you know. Um, I would say that uh, I did take the in initiative to actually just get it started. You know, one of the things that I've learned uh, is that the hardest thing to do is to actually get started. But for me, I was like, you know, I need to do this. It became kind of like a personal passion project or side hustle, if you want to call it. And I kind of like, you know, really wanted to prove to myself that I had an idea and I just, I didn't want it to just be an idea. I wanted to bring that idea to fruition. And I just kind of, did whatever it takes to make it work. Just get started. That is the key for podcasting. Not worrying too much about the setup. I think we, as podcast hosts and potential podcast hosts, get too deep into the weeds of technicalities. What kind of microphone do I need? Do I need a mixer? What kind of software do I use? Etc. But we figure this out as we go along. And as Einstein said, it's easier to steer a moving bicycle. So you got to get on the bicycle and start pedaling, then work out how to steer it. So for all those who are thinking about starting a podcast, don't worry about getting the perfect setup because the first few, you know, they just kind of practice anyway. You're going to be doing podcasts with people who are maybe in your inner circle. They're going to be a bit more gentle with you. You won't have an audience at the early stages or an audience beyond the people that know you already. Most of the people that listen to your podcast, the first few at least, are going to be people you know or one degree of separation away from you. So not to get too hung up, just get started. Don't worry too much about the deal. You'll figure it out. It's like starting a business. Nothing happens until you ship. Absolutely. One of the considerations I had when I was um, figuring out the proposal for this podcast, yeah, was to think of how often did I want to launch, uh, how often did I want to release a, an episode. And because I'm a full-time MBA student, I obviously have a lot of commitments, juggling, you know, even personal responsibilities as well as um, schoolwork assignments and all those kind of real shit, you know. 
But I had to think to myself, uh, do I want to do this episode once in two weeks or once in a month or once every week? You know, I had to kind of figure it out what could work for my schedule. And I had a conversation with um, someone that I reached out to. He's actually a BFM producer. Uh, so BFM is uh, one of the business radio stations in Malaysia. Uh, and I reached out to him, had a quick conversation with him. And I told him I was considering maybe once in two weeks. He was like, you know, Sarah, because you're a newbie podcaster, you want to you, you don't have to work, don't worry about, you know, the, so to speak, the quality, just worry about getting it out. So kind of just, just worry about pushing content out and just be consistent with that one thing. Because you're new, you want to, you want, and you want people to stick to your podcast. If you do, if you release your episodes once every, for example, two weeks only, people are going to find other replacements, you know. And so that was one of the the logic, or I would say the 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 thought process that I had behind wanting to be consistent in pushing one episode out every single week. Yeah, great advice. I think the takeaway mm-hmm. there is that if you are launching a podcast, be consistent. It's better to do one every month and stick with that schedule than try and go out of Haver and Tong and do one a week and then find out you can't commit and pull back and then end up doing one every two weeks. And before you know it, you've got this inbox of audio files that need editing. And that could be quite demotivating. So consistency is the key. Stick to a schedule and work with that schedule. Undercommit more than overcommit. It's better because you can always scale it up later on in the the development of the podcast and as well you you don't know where this is going so it's better to you know see at the early stages and not throw too many resources into a podcast because you may find it runs out of steam you might lose your momentum and so on it's a journey we learn so much in the process don't worry too much about what should my podcast be about i get asked this question a lot people often ask me oh do i have to do a podcast about hr technology or performance marketing fine don't get too tight in your definition of the podcast you'll learn as you go through as you evolve in the podcasting journey you'll find out a lot about yourself you'll discover stories and narratives and arcs stuff that resonates with you um you know like with myself it's it's a case of you know i didn't really know what i wanted to podcast about in the beginning but then you know i had all these interesting conversations with people who were interesting who interested me people who had sold their businesses and traveled the world, people who had left comfortable lives in the corporate world and started a business, people who left their country and gone and traveled the world or moved to a new country and started a business. Those riffs resonated with me emotionally, but I didn't know that until I started, that that is the kind of podcast that I wanted to talk about. Those are the kind of conversations that I wanted. So look at a podcast as a journey. Sarah, and your podcast looks very much like, sounds like a journey. It sounds like you just got started. That's the only way you can plan a journey is to get started and not worry too much about the details. What have you learned in the process? You know, I'm always interested when I talk to podcast hosts is what do you do now? How do you do things differently to when you started your podcast, those first sort of one or two episodes when you were starting out? So when I first started, uh, I had to have a script, so to speak, whereby I kind of like type out my entire thought process of what I think I'm going to say. Now, I no longer, I sort of do that in that I have a guideline, a skeleton of what I need to say, but I I no longer need to type out every single word that I was going to say. Previously, I used to do it because I was like, you know, I was afraid of what I, you know, I might be caught or, you know, I wasn't prepared. But I guess 
you know, with, you know, practice makes perfect, right? Like we always say. And with time, I realized that I, I was slowly learning to, and I'm still learning how to master the art of kind of like thinking on my feet because my, my podcast guests would say things that you know sometimes not necessarily throw me off guard but it might not I might not have a response that I want to uh, respond to on paper but I just needed to know how to um, respond to it immediately anyway so I think putting me on my feet uh, was definitely something that I, I'm I'm still learning to um, sharpen up in terms of skills. <laughs> how do you do all that now because this is a question often newbie podcast hosts ask is that what do you do if you go off script even though you might not be typing them out like you said you might find a guest goes deep into the rabbit hole what do you do do you indulge it or you bring them back on and stick to your program no, i just take it and and you know i would either um you know if i'm if it's something that that i was not prepared for i would either ask a genuine question because I'm curious about it or you know I would just uh, have a very surprised uh, reaction to it but but nothing that would you know uh, be completely an outlier in terms of expressions and reactions it's just learning how to manage and navigate my way around uh, keeping the conversation flow going uh, and that is really really important in my opinion as well I would say that uh, in terms of lessons learned, um, alongside, you know, the one thing I said, which is the hardest thing to do is to get started, is that, and I really, really believe in that, is uh, that done is better than perfect. Um, and, you know, it's exactly like you say, a lot of people have a lot of ideas, um, especially when it comes to, for example, the school, uh, because we're a startup business school, um, the management is usually very receptive towards new ideas that that the students might have. But one thing I, I felt that worked for me and, 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 and hopefully my other classmates or juniors or whoever might, might be able to take this up as a, as a little um, kind of advice would be, like I mentioned, you know, before I went out with my proposal or pitch to the school, I already recorded uh, uh, an episode beforehand, uh, you know, because that, that, that was my opportunity to show the school that, hey, I'm taking this seriously. I'm not just throwing up ideas because ideas are easy, but you know, I've shown you mm. that this is how I want it done. And I've actually gone out, looked for someone to interview, crafted an interview around it and actually recorded it. So yeah, done is absolutely better than perfect. It's something that I've learned. Yeah, it's good to do some pilots, isn't it? There's, I think your first episode, Sarah, and for the ASB podcast is just a monologue. It's just you talking about this is what the ASB podcast is about. This is what we want to talk about. This is why we're starting it. And these are the kind of guests that I'd like to have on the show. So anybody starting a podcast can you know, take some lessons away from this. One of the key takeaways is that you don't need a guest to get started. One you know, way of getting started is just to do a 10, 15, 20 minute monologue talking about why you're starting this podcast. It's almost a putting the call out and some people will pick up on this and say, Hey, I, I love what you're doing. I love the fact that you're talking about this subject area. I'd like to be involved. So it's a way of generating guests. It's a way also of just getting started and creating momentum. And it's also another way of getting new guests as well, because you can show them that you started. It's much easier to get guests when you already have guests or you already have podcasts under your belt. So, Momentum is key here. Getting started 
and you know not waiting for somebody to say yep you have the authority to do this or you have permission to do this or even waiting for a guest to start your podcast absolutely yes exactly and for me uh this 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 was my opportunity to kind of like you know, I needed to be able to prove to myself to a certain extent that when I set my mind to do something, I'm absolutely going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Uh, I I wasn't going to, you know, pitch this and then kind of like drop off later on. I wanted to be able to take it off the ground. And, you know, because, you know, who knows where, where this podcast might, 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 you know, who knows where it might go, um, say, you know, a year down the road or whatever, but I want to be able to say that, hey, you know, I had this idea, which I really make made it, I did what it takes to make it happen, even though I had to juggle with, with school and, and everything like that. Um, and most importantly, it was the connection and the relationship that I built um, with the people that I interviewed with uh, that that really also made a difference in, in my professional uh career and development, I would say. So, uh, you know, I, I, we have we didn't really get into this, but um, prior to business school, I was actually a, a practicing lawyer here in Malaysia. So I was practicing in two separate law firms here in Kuala Lumpur for about two and a half years before I decided to take the so-called leap of faith um, and come into business school, which was a whole new world to me. Um, in fact, coming to business school, it was extremely intimidating because I was like, what am I getting myself into, you know, kind of like leaving the comfortable uh, and going into the unknown. But I, I embraced the uncertainty that came along with it. And I would say never looked back since. Um, and it's been an incredible journey because um you know, this this podcasting uh, journey really properly took off in the summer of this year. But even in this time, you know, I've been able to build networks with uh, with guests and people um, from different industries and, and, you know, even from different locations, conduct interviews with them. And I find that wherever I go, even for conferences and stuff like that, people want to get their voices heard. And I use the ASV podcast as a platform to leverage on those opportunities to reach out to people and have discussions with them because they are also excited to be part of a podcast. Uh, and, and quite a number of people who I've interviewed as guests, they have mentioned that this is actually their first time that someone has approached them to interview and for them to be on a podcast. Yeah, well, we know that guests make a podcast. So, how do you get them? What is your pitch to these guests? And also, what type of guests do you go for? Do you go for the Tony Fernandez and the, the Sheryl Sandbergs of this world? Or do you go for people who probably have less handlers and less sort of, you know, control on what they can say? These are, these are questions that people often ask when they, they ask me about starting a podcast. Let's talk about the first part, actually getting guests. How do you pitch them? Because when you're starting in a podcast, I think podcast hosts underestimate the value that they offer to a potential guest. They often think that, or they have the self-doubt, which is, well, why would this guest be on my show? I'm just little old me. Why would this guest come to my show and tell their story or do this interview or have this conversation with me? And as you grow in stature as a podcast, you realize actually it's very much a two-way conversation rather than them doing you a favor as your podcasts grow you realize actually you're creating a platform for people to have a conversation which they can't have anywhere else so 
Sarah Ann, for the ASB podcast, what was your pitch to your guests in the early stages? Yeah, so, um, and in fact, I did a pitch just last night over e- email. I got introduced um, to conduct an interview with one of the MIT professors who's coming to the Asia School of Business. And basically what I did was I, I, I was connected to this professor through uh, through, I was connected to this MIT professor through the associate dean of the school, Professor Loredana Padurian, and she knew that I wanted to conduct this interview uh, with Professor John Sturman. And what she did was she connected me to him through email. And from then on, I took it on and I introduced myself. I said, hi, Professor John. Um, I've read up on your work. I've uh, done a little bit of research about the area of expertise that you want to bring in when you come to our school. If I could just uh, have 15 minutes of your time when you're at ASB. I would love to conduct a guest interview uh, podcast with you um, for the ASB podcast that I've recently launched in August of this year. And I included a link with it. And just like that, he replied and he said that I'm very happy to do so. So I would say that uh, most of the times when I first approach people via email, via LinkedIn, one of the things that I do is I send the link Uh, of my podcast on both Spotify and iTunes to them, just so that they have a feel of what the podcast is like, what they are getting themselves into. And um, some guests prefer, I actually ask them, some guests prefer if I ask, if I tell them questions up front, uh, but some guests actually don't. I I did have someone tell me, oh, I'd rather not know the questions up front because I I don't want to overthink it, which, you know, I, for me, I work in a style whereby I cater to whatever my guest is comfortable with. Mm. Being comfortable and having a good conversation is what it's about, isn't it? Now, I think this is an important point about what podcasts are. And they are just more content because we live in a world where content's free. Content's everywhere. You can get everything you ever wanted on the internet. With a bit of Googling, you'll find it. So a podcast really shouldn't be a replication, a duplication, if you like, of that content. Rather than give more content, give more access. And what I mean by that is this is what a podcast should be about. It should be about more access, more human conversation, more insight, more inside that person. Because a podcast isn't just another content channel. Like, you know, you've got YouTube, you've got video, um, you have the written format on blogs, etc. A podcast is something different. It's something that doesn't exist out there. So double down on what that is, that sort of human interaction, a place for those conversations that don't exist already. And that is what you're offering. And that is a real value to a guest, not to be underestimated. If we look recently, for example, like Joe Rogan and Kanye West, you know, when Kanye West was bitching on media about not being heard and not giving a chance to get his voice or his story out there, Joe Rogan was the first to put it out there on Twitter and say, hey, Kanye, come on to my show and, you know, my podcast and I'll listen to you. I'll give you a chance to tell your story. So that's really what it should be. We should double down as podcast hosts on what podcasts should be, not other forms of content and another channel for content, but more access to give people the conversations that don't exist out there. Exactly. And that is how I actually, uh, you know, like I mentioned, that was one of the objectives of the podcast. It was essentially um, a place for people to share ideas, expertise and knowledge. And the, the, you know, like I mentioned, the initial inspiration was because I found out, I realized that I had 
uh, incredibly smart and brilliant classmates, and they also wanted an opportunity for their voices to be heard. So this platform just became, you know, I'm like, in fact, you know, if you have a story to share, give me a holler and I would want to feature you on the podcast. There you go. Some great lessons for wannabe potential hosts. It's a win-win for you and the guest as well. Never underestimate the value that you offer a guest in bringing them onto your show and giving them a platform. So let's talk about the guest's that you want on your show, Sarah Ann, and how you pick your guests. Because, uh, you know, do you go for the big names? People think that you need to have big names to make a show interesting. Uh, Gary V, for example, if you pitch Gary V, I'm sure he'll come onto your show. He'll probably come onto anybody's show if you pitch him well enough. So is that the kind of person you want on your show? Because sometimes the biggest names aren't necessarily the most interesting. Sometimes people from the corporate world, the big names in corporate, aren't giving the bandwidth to say what they really think and feel. And sometimes the big names live in the public domain, so they're well rehearsed, they're clipped, they don't offer a lot of insight, that sort of access that people are really looking for in a podcast conversation. With the ASB podcast, with your conversations, what do you look for? Big names or people who maybe just are really interesting but less known? So I would say I'm definitely not opposed to the Gary V's and, and the likes of it. Yeah, the big names, I'm not opposed to it. But uh, if you're asking me whether I, I go out and look for these big names, um, I would say I actually don't because uh, I started a podcast wanting to feature um, the, the, the people with stories that have not already been told. You know what I mean? And I wanted that to be the basis of which uh, in, my interviews are conducted. In fact, one of the conversations I had uh, when I was, again, you know, brainstorming this podcast was uh, I, I had to think, do I look for the people or do I look for their story? And I, I was initially um, uncertain about which, which I would approach first, the, the person because of their name, because of their, 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 their status or, or their position within a company, or do I look for their story? And, and I'm slowly realizing that I am moving towards the direction of looking for people to feature because of their story. They might not be individuals that are in the public eye or they might not be individuals that people have even know or, or, or have heard about. You know, sometimes they might be be the quiet ones uh, behind the scenes, you know, but they have incredible stories to tell. And these are the people that I do want to feature on my podcast. That has to be our role, doesn't it? Is that as podcast hosts, part of our role is discovery, finding interesting stories and pulling those stories out of people because there are a lot of people out there who are just busy doing their thing, heads down in the weeds of their research or building their business that they don't have time to get out there and talk about what they do. And yet, there are those who are the natural self-promoters who are out there on the circuit. You know who you are. These, these are the guys who are very good at doing the, the PR circuit, the deliver the clipped responses. And um, I don't necessarily think that you're going to get a great conversation out of them. Nobody will. It's, they're just good at PR. But they're, you know, I, I often think that if you take, for example, um, Tom Cruise as a guest, let's say for some reason you managed to land Tom Cruise as a guest on your podcast, he would be awesome in terms of generating interest and 
he's just an amazing guy. I mean, in, in the sense that his Mission Impossible movies are phenomenal. Um, one of the hardest working actors in Hollywood. He's super successful. Yet, if you put him on your podcast, I don't think you'll have a good conversation with him because he'll come with all the handlers. You can't ask Tom this. You can't ask Tom that. Let's have all the questions beforehand. There are certain subjects, you know what they are, that are off bounds. And you would never get that insight. You would never get that kind of Oprah moment where they open up and they share something about their life that doesn't exist anywhere else. And that's the moment that the audience go quiet when you just zoom into that person's lives and they're, you know, they're going to open up and talk about something, a, a real deep feeling or an episode in their life or, you know, part of their story which we've heard about, but we, we don't really know beyond the sort of the public facade of what it was really like. So as podcast hosts, I think we have a responsibility to A, find great stories and people who are out there who aren't naturally self-promoting. Uh, B, you know, when we have guests that come in to work and find those stories, because I'm a great believer that everybody has a great story inside them. You know, Sarah Ann, you have a great story. You have, you know, got up, you've hustled, you've started a podcast, you've taken risks, you stepped outside your comfort zone. Within everybody, there are similar narratives out there that we as podcast hosts, our role is to pull them out for the guests and for the audience as well, right? And see, you know, we can go out and get the big names, but not to build a podcast purely around big names because yeah they may be useful for getting sponsorship but don't give the audience what is already out there it's just lazy i don't think there's any point in just rehashing the content and the interviews that have been done that are on the internet our job isn't to create interviews it's to create conversations so with all that in mind you know, you don't need to be qualified to do this. You don't need to be an audio engineer. You don't need to be a public speaker. You don't need to be trained in any of this. You can, like Sarah Ann, just start with your iPhone in your bedroom. You know, you don't need a studio to do this. Just get started. And, you know, don't wait for, you know, some kind of... I think, you know, when we sort of grow up in a world of traditional media where people were picked where you had editors, where you had experts, where you had journalists who were trained in this, right? That you don't need to be that to do these conversations. Anybody can have a conversation and anybody you have a conversation with has a great story to tell. So there is no excuse for having a lack of content. Really what it is is down to a lack of hustle to get started and get this thing on the road, a lack of belief that you can do this. So Sarah Ann, you are not a journalist. You are not a qualified public speaker. You are not a radio personality or TV presenter, but you've done what so many people really should aspire to do is that just to get started. And I think it's a really awesome case study. And I thank you for coming on the show and sharing that with us today. Um, and hopefully your conversation will inspire others to get started in a similar fashion and following your footsteps. So let's talk about your footsteps, Sarah Ann. What's next? You're going to be finishing up the course soon. What are your plans for the podcast? What are your plans for your career in the next steps? 
Yeah, so um, I, I am actually doing a career transition from law into the tech space because um, just a little quick background, I did a, an I had an incredible three months of summer internship in Microsoft Malaysia, uh, loved every part of it. And, and it was because of that internship that I want to move towards the tech space. And uh, specifically, I'm interested in marketing and it's um, digital marketing and, and the likes of it. And so um, for me, the podcast is also an opportunity to, you know, like you said, put myself out there in, in, to a certain extent, market myself. And um, for me, where I see the podcast going is that whether or not uh, or whatever happens to it after my graduation, um, I do intend to keep storytelling. In fact, um, people see a lot of people view storytelling as, as very fluffy, you know, uh, but in fact, it, I really feel that it is both an art and a science as well. And storytelling techniques are definitely something that people should not um, take it for granted just because um, without the storytelling aspect uh, of, of anything, how do you essentially get any message across? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it so creates value, right? Exactly. So also because uh, I will be going to the US to MIT next year um, in, 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 in May of 2019, and I'm definitely uh, looking forward to interview, conduct podcast interviews with MIT professors there as well. And then from then on, we'll see where it goes. Uh, but for me, I do know that um, storytelling is a big part of who I am, what I do, and uh, marketing as well. And I do hope to continue doing that, um, whatever phase in life I might be. Well, I hope so, Sarah, because um, it'd be great to see how the journey unfolds in coming months and years mm -hmm. and i'm sure listeners will be more than interested to learn about what's going on in your world and it's great as well because you know we're here in asia right now podcasting you know everybody's talking about podcasting is growing yet up until now it's uh it's being dominated by a certain type of person and I think it's great to have different voices like your own. When I mean a certain type of person, I mean middle-aged white guys like myself, unfortunately. You know, we're the ones who <laughs> have been yeah. the voice of podcasting around the world for um, the majority, right? But it's great that it's changing. We, we're hearing other voices in there now. So, you know, to have you as a local Asian and a female voice as well stepping up in, in a world where, you know, here in Asia we like to wait and see and see yeah. other people make mistakes and take the risk first. Right. You know, yeah. um, we're not, um, especially, you know, we're not trained like they are in the West, uh, where it's easy simply to step up and express your opinion, expressing your opinion is sometimes, you know, thought of as, as in the pejorative here in Asia. So it's great that somebody who is Asian in Asia doing that and really blazing a trail for others as well. So wherever your journey oh, takes yeah, you, sure. um, consider yourself invited to a future episode on Asia Tech Podcast to share updates yeah. with um, me and with the yeah. audience as well. We, we want to know what's going on. So Thank you. Sarah Ann Young, everybody, let's do the shout out. Let's uh, tell the audience, share with them a little bit about your podcast. All right. Thank you very much. Um, and if you have not already heard of the ASB podcast, what are you what are you waiting for? We are on Spotify and iTunes. Look out for us on at the ASB podcast. And um, for those who want to connect and reach out to me, I'm available on LinkedIn at Sarah 
That is S-A-R-A-H hyphen N-A-N-N, Yong, Y-O-N-G. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be on this podcast, Graham, and I'm very happy that we connected as well. And remember, for those listening, done is better than perfect. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.